she posted, call me crazy, but this running is getting to be fun. And I thought she has lost her friggin' mind. Dizruns Radio episode 912 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to uh, remind you that uh, one of the things that I do, one of the, th- the offerings that I have available as a coach is the random one-off phone call where, you know, you've got something that's that's you're struggling with, a little obstacle, a little niggle maybe, or not sure kind of what to do training-wise or whatever the case might be. You got a little a little something you're dealing with and maybe you want to get my opinion on it more than just like a quick email or a Q&A type of thing. You actually want to talk through the situation. And if slash when you find yourself in a similar uh, situation, all you need to do is head over to disruns.com slash consultation and uh, bada boom, bada bam, we can get something scheduled. Yes, it costs a few bucks because, hey, you know, we've got bills to pay. we got mouths to feed and ain't nothing in the world for free. But I like to think it's pretty reasonable. And hopefully more often than not, my, uh, my ad- advice or my coaching is, you know, worth it. So if that's something that you're interested in either now, you know, kind of getting to the end of the first month of the year, maybe it's time to refine a little bit, refocus the the attention going forward, or maybe, you know, just stick that in the, on the back of your, you know, put it in the back of your mind and somewhere down the road, if something comes up, you need a little, little, uh, little help, a little guidance, maybe, uh, disruns.com slash consultation. All the details are right there. Pretty easy process. Uh, and if you have any questions on it though, just let me know. But, uh, now without any further ado, let's go ahead and, uh, dive in. To today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is uh, back for her second go round on the show, and I'm I'm certainly looking forward to catching up with her again and kind of hearing about what's new and and how things are going in the. Uh, I guess it's been about a year and a half since our first chat, and uh, as such, I'm going to keep the the intro fairly short so we can just dive into it and uh, enjoy today's conversation with uh, a lady who's a runner, an author, a meditator, and a, a dog mom, uh, Ms. Nita Sweeney. So Nita, thanks for uh, coming back and joining us again, and, and welcome back for for round two. Oh, Denny, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me again. I, I love your people. Oh, well, uh, I, our people, I think, love you too. So thank you for, uh, for, for joining us again. And, and guys, if you haven't listened back to that first episode, um, which we'll gloss on a few of the highlights, I'm sure, today, but, but you know, the, the first one, and I'll get into this in just a second, but we kind of dove deep on her book and uh, kind of how her kind of getting into running story, which again, we'll touch on some of that, but uh, we'll see where it goes. But all that is from episode 741. So disruns.com slash 741 is uh, the show notes for that episode. And of course, you can listen to it there. You can find it in your your podcast app of choice. And if you want to connect more with Nita and, and find out more about what she's got going on, which there's plenty of things going on, uh, nitasweeney.com is the website, uh, which is kind of the homepage for everything, right? N-I-T-A-S-W-E-E-N-E-Y, nitasweeney.com. Uh, her book that we talked about a lot before, her first book is called Depression Hates a Moving Target, which we may talk, uh, talk about that a bit as well today. Um, she's got a link tree, which has got a whole host of links. I won't go through all of them, but it's, if, if you're familiar with link tree, it's L I N K T R dot E E slash Nita Sweeney, uh, social medias, Instagram, Twitter at Nita Sweeney, all 
all spelled the same. I'll just her name, pretty simple. Um, and again, we'll have everything linked up as we always do uh, in the show notes for today, which is disruns.com slash 912. Disruns.com slash 912 for all of the things that we just rambled through. You can you can find them and click them and uh, get to where you need to go from that place. So uh, Nita, you know, it's, it's been about a year and a half uh, since since we, we did this the first time. Um, lots has changed. Lot, some things probably still the same. Uh, one thing that is absolutely still the same is the first question that uh, everybody gets gets asked whether the first time on the show, their fifth time on the show, although we haven't had anybody fifth, five times yet, but we had, I think, a three, a couple, three, three, three Peters. Uh, but anyway, we always start off the show with the same question. That's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, I think my answer is actually going to be the same. My favorite distance is the half marathon, okay. but I wish I could say my favorite distance was the marathon and it's completely egotistical. I actually wish I could say my favorite distance was a hundred miler, but that would be so not true. Um, the half marathon for me at my pace is still some great training, some hard training and lots of time on the roads and trails. Mm -hmm. But when I'm done on race day, I'm not dead. And, uh, the marathon I've done three full marathons, I enjoy saying that I train for marathons. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy saying I've run through marathons, but it's really hard, especially because I'm one of the back of the Packers. Mm -hmm. So that is a lot of time. It's not so much that, I mean, physically it's a lot, but it's just so much time spent training. Right. So, uh, so yeah, honesty, let's be honest. It's the half marathon. Yeah. Well, in, 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 that that is something that I know I've talked to folks that the time factor. Um, I think I mentioned on the show once or twice, but certainly talked to folks when when working with them. Um, as far as just like, like yes, the the distance obviously it's it's twice the the distance of a half marathon, right? Like that's that's easy to figure out. But the amount of time that it takes to train for it isn't just twice as much. Like it's it's exponential. There's some exponent exponential growth there because the long runs take longer. You're not quote unquote just running ten or twelve miles to get ready for a half marathon. Like like that's like a short long run when you're in the marathon training cycle. So yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly uh, an undertaking and you know, you've done it a few times and who knows what the future holds. Maybe you'll do it a, a few more, uh, but there's nothing wrong with, with settling into the half marathon. It's a good distance. It's still a challenge. It's still fun. Um, it's, it's still a great race. So, so I, I, uh, I, I appreciate the honesty as opposed to trying to, to get one over on me here today. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing that hasn't been true lately because 2020, mm -hmm. I, had the aim of running a half marathon in each of the 50 states. And I got up to 18 when first book tour and second pandemic happened um, two different times, but right. it all started with, with the book coming out. And uh, so we, we didn't end up traveling for races. I traveled for, you know, speaking engagements and things like that, but it was hard to fit mm. that around races. So um, when you travel someplace, Okay, when I travel someplace, I'd like to be able to walk through a museum. I'd like to be able to, you know, visit some amusements. I'd like to be able to do something. And for me, after I've run a full, um, I'm not in bed the next day, but I'm not really wanting to spend three or four hours, you know, in the World right. War II museum or something right. like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's and that's factor. yeah, absolutely, and and uh, you know, again, like you're saying, if you're trying to do 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 50 states, and hopefully we can we can unpause that for for all of us mm -hmm. that have travel racing type of ambitions and goals, uh, un unpause that pretty soon and be able to get back to traveling again and and racing and whatnot. Um, 
yeah, it is kind of nice to be able to still live life the next day when, when you, you don't have the luxury of just kind of laying on the couch or lazing in bed or whatever, because, because there are things to see and there are things to do. So, um, so yeah, totally, totally on board there. So, um, you know, like, like I said, we, we, we talked a lot about the, the running and, and kind of your running career and, and where it got started, which, you know, you, you weren't a, a lifelong runner necessarily, but you, you got into it. Um, but can we maybe get just like the, the, the Cliff's Notes version for those that didn't listen to the first episode or maybe, you know, it's been a year and a half, maybe kind of forgot a little bit about kind of what, what, what is your kind of, you know, again, Cliff's Notes version. What, what is your, your quick uh, running story to this point? Um, yeah, happy to share it. That's kind of my purpose in life right now. So I've been chronically depressed uh, most of my adult life, uh, had a uh, short but good career as an attorney, had a major nervous breakdown, and then spent many, many years cycling on and off medication, in and out of therapy, all kinds of things, trying to sort of pull my life back together. And then in 2007, seven people and a cat died. Seven people I loved and a cat died, including my 24-year-old niece and my mother, all in the same year. And so by 2009, I was still in an emotional coma, I'll say. And one day I was sitting on the sofa, checking out social media, which at that time for me was just Facebook. And a high school friend, my age, because I'm not a youngster, I think I was probably 49, hitting, pushing 50 at that time. Um, <clears throat> she posted, call me crazy, but this running is getting to be fun. And I thought she has lost her friggin' mind. <laughs> now, people had told me all these years, people had said, in fact, this one, I just I just uh, finished a, a guest blog post for uh, a group, mental health group, um, especially this one friend would say to me, I just need to break a sweat. If I can mm -hmm. just break a sweat, that helps pull me out of the depression. And I, my thought always was, if you were as depressed as I am, there's just no way that just doesn't, it did not compute at all. But this friend who I could completely relate to, you know, I was a uh, much larger than I am now. I was, at, of course, then I was a youngster then mm -hmm. <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, and, um, but something about what she said clicked. Um, I tend toward paranoia, especially then. So I was afraid to try where anyone could see me mm. to run. So I leashed up the dog as a decoy, thinking, you know, people would look out their windows, people in our suburban neighborhood where no one was home because they were all at work <laughs> back then. Right. Um, and uh, we went down to this hidden ravine and I jogged for 60 seconds. It was the couch to 5k interval training plan. And it said jog for 60 seconds. And that's where it started. Mm. And then, um, so I continued with that plan, had all kinds of physical issues, which is all laid out in the book where I had, you know, doctors tell me not to run mm -hmm. all kinds of things. Um, and then the thing that really propelled it was my sister, the uh, mother of the niece who had died, that right. was her only child. Um, she emailed me and said, there's this race, there's this 5k for uh, money for research for the cancer that killed Jamie. And my immediate self centered, paranoid, depressed response was, I'm a private runner. Mm. I, I don't I don't run where people can see me. Yeah. You know. And so she kind of had to nudge me a few times. And eventually I got over myself and uh, went to my first 5K. That was probably six months after I had started running. And it was amazing to see 
people of all different shapes and sizes and colors and people in what you would think of as running gear and Mm -hmm. people in, you know, pink sweatpants and lime green sweatshirts like me. And um, uh, so, yeah, that's where it was. And then that once I did that first race, um, that's really what brought me kind of out of my running shell. And since then, I've done three full marathons. 28 half marathons in 18 states and more than 100 shorter races. I sort of got the fever, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, but the most important thing is that when I was on that sofa that day and I saw that social media post, I was really contemplating killing myself. Mm-hmm. I was at the place where I was just, I it felt like I had tried everything. Well, I had tried everything except exercise uh, right. and um. Um, and so the most important thing is that I want to live. I, I, this, my, some of my biggest dreams have come true. Getting that book published was a long, you know, lifetime dream mm-hmm. running a marathon. Wow. Um, and, uh, there's so many things to live for, uh, better relationships with the people in my life. My health is better. I've lost weight. I, um, you know, my mood is so much better. Still have good days and bad days. Still have plenty of, you know, um, times when I'm down in the dumps, but, and, and by down in the dumps, I mean, I get, I can get pretty low. It's not just your normal thing, but, um, but I want to live and that's the biggest, biggest difference. So that's a, probably a longer answer maybe than you look at, but, um, but that's kind of my, that's my message. I, that I didn't really anticipate this, but the launch of depression hates a moving target has turned me into, um, I call it an accidental home, um, accidental mental health advocate, because Mm -hmm. that's what, um, uh, that's that's kind of my message and and the the place that people connect with me most. Well, yeah, certainly, and and I, I think we we kind of we 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 obviously talked about the book uh, last time, and, and I don't know that we dove super deep into it, um, and, and not that we're going to dive super deep into it today, but um, you know, for those that that haven't read it, I mean, it's it's. <laughs> It's it's raw. Like there's some parts that are pretty tough to to read. I mean, you really you know bared bared your soul and 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 put everything out there and um you know few highlights, lots of lowlights, but but obviously you know you, you like like you made it through those those that time period. You like you said the the, the loss of a bunch of of close you know family and friends and whatnot. Um, getting through that that first marathon. Um, but but I'm I'm curious because I know because I went back and listened right before this so I, I refreshed my memory on what we talked about last time, um, but I don't think we talked too much about kind of once the the book came out like how, how because when we talked last time like the book had really kind of just first come out at that point, um, you know what's been what's been the, the the feedback now that the book's been out for you know a year and a, a little over a year and a half getting close to 2 years and lots of people have read it like you said you have become a little bit of a of a mental health advocate um you know what is what has been a lot of the, the feedback that you've heard from the book well people tend to either really really relate or they don't mm. and that's i think that's normal right. and so you know if you look at um you can look at the reviews on the big the big two sites are goodreads and goodreads and amazon you know i'll get a one star review from time to time and my first thought is that's not my reader. Mm-hmm. That's not someone, maybe that person doesn't suffer from mental health issues, hasn't known someone who suffered that way. Um, there are plenty of people, tons of people, maybe the majority of people who can just set their mind to something, do it, um, and can't relate to my life at all. Mm-hmm. But my life is a struggle. It has been for many, many years to just 
just stay alive, really. And since I found running, it's so much less of a struggle, but I still have days. So, so um, the, uh, I get lots of compliments on the writing that I'm a really good writer, which is fantastic because I know that's about as good as you can get. <laughs> right. um, but, but people either really connect with the story or they don't. And um, because to some people who don't have the experience of struggling that way, it probably sounds like I'm whining. Or, you know, why can't you just snap out of it? I mean, I've, I've had people say that to me all my life. Why, why can't you just put your mind to this? Why can't you just be different? And the truth is, if you actually have uh, chronic depression or I am, I'm bipolar or you have bipolar disorder where <clears throat> it usually manifests mostly as depression. So people mm. when, when I'm hypomanic, people think I'm you know, normal, <laughs> because that's what I look, that's what I have the most energy, I can mm -hmm. do things. And um, in some ways, I have to kind of flip into that to get a lot of stuff done. And um, um, so yeah, that's been the response. For the most part, it's been very positive. I've gotten excellent ratings, excellent reviews. Um, and I get asked now, which is amazing. I get, you know, I'm, I'm going to be on the January the 29th, I'm on this pulse summit leadership goes beyond where these management people want me to talk about mental health in the workplace mm -hmm. and i you know i've been doing um um some you know i don't have to go into all of it but i but people are reaching out to me to ask me to talk about mental health so that's my that's my audience that's the the when when somebody gives me a good review i know that's my reader i'm kind of it's kind of a happy sad though and I, I'll say this, if somebody, people reach out to me, you know, on Instagram, um, Facebook, send me message requests, things like that. And I always, I'm always very, very excited they read the book, but when they say they can relate, mm. there's always a little bit of, oh, I'm so sorry, mm. <laughs> if, if that makes any sense, because it's hard. If you can relate, that means you've been in a dark place. And uh, so that's pretty much the response. It's like, it, people can either really relate and they like it or they can't relate at all. So, yeah, well, I, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll thread the needle on that because I can't relate, but I really enjoyed the book for, for a couple of reasons. Oh, like, like you said, um, you know, the, 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 I can, I can see the, the, the feedback of the writing is really good because it really is. It, it, it's, it's a, I don't want to say it's a good story because it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good story, but it's, it, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it, you can see the struggles, you can feel the struggles, you can feel the, some of the ups and downs and, and, and really kind of, you know, you, you paint really good pictures of, of how things, how things were and, and, and where you were at the, at those points. Um, but, but, you know, like I can't relate to the struggles. I can't relate to, um, the, the, the really lows, you know, some of those really low points that you had. Um, but at the same time, I think it was really beneficial for me to read as somebody who can't relate because hopefully it helps me to be more empathetic when I'm, when, it, you know, when eventually or, or when inevitably people come into my life in various ways that, that, that do have some of those same struggles. So, um, you know, it was, it was, it was maybe a tougher read than I anticipated. Um, but boy, it was, it was like, like I said, he bared it all, bared the soul, um, and because of that, I mean, it was, it, it's very powerful. So, you know, like I said, we're not going too deep into the book, although I guess we kind of just have, but, but kudos to you on, on just a, such a really, really good, good book and, and, uh, happy to continue to promote it as much as I can, because it's, I think it's, I think it's a, a read that whether or not you struggle, uh, with, with depression and, and, and mental health, um, I think there's a lot of things you can get from it, whether or not is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. I, I appreciate you talking about that different perspective too, because there there is that middle ground of people who are able to 
even though they may not relate to see the merit of understanding. Mm -hmm. And so that's another, those people are also my readers. So, so thank you. Oh, you're, you're quite welcome. So, um, you know, since, 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 uh, I, I don't know what about sense. Maybe I'm, I'm choosing my words poorly here, which is you know no surprise. If you listen to the show long enough, you like stumble <laughs> into a question more often than not. Um, but but you know getting getting into a little bit more recent recent uh, running related type of, of conversation. So we talked a year and a half ago. Uh, you know June. I, I believe I don't remember the exact date, but I, I remember it was June 2019. Um, you know. Obviously, running is something that that helps you. Something that 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 uh, you know helps helps you mentally, helps us, helps you physically, helps helps you you know just like it does for all of us, helps us all in, in multiple facets of life. Um, and like you kind of alluded to, uh, you know, you, you enjoy the races. That was what really got you going, uh, which obviously talked about in the book, and you mentioned it here today as well. Um, you know, but but the marathons, the half marathons, all all of the distances, like like you enjoy racing. Um, you know, shifting back to about a year ago now. Um, you know, 2020 was getting started. Things were, I'm assuming, probably looking good. Races, things like that. Uh, and then, then the pandemic hits. Races go uh, the way of the dodo, pretty much for for at least most of of last year, and and still even now into this year. Still, still things are a little sketchy, but hopeful, hopeful optimism for uh, later in the year. Races coming back, but uh, you know, for a lot of us that that don't maybe have the the some of the mental health struggles, um, running was tough in 2020. Um, I'm curious for, for you who, you know, you use running as, as a great tool to help with your mental health. Um, how, how difficult was last year for you from a running perspective and obviously beyond running in, into just life and, and, and whatnot as well? Well, it, it took me back to the time before I joined a running group where my miles were all in my own neighborhood, mm-hmm. me and the dog. It's actually, there's a scene in the book at, at the end where I talk about that, about how th- most of the training is just me and the dog, same streets over and over. And so it took me back to that. We had an extra odd 2020. Um, in I had signed up for, I think I had three halves on the calendar that were all, all canceled. I can remember um, I was supposed to do the Biltmore mm. and that was canceled. Um, and I kept trying to, you know, do book stuff with the races and it was lots of coordination and that wasn't going well either. And then in February I was on book tour in San Francisco and my husband was with me and he got sick and then he flew to LA to be, spend time with his mom. And, uh, I went to meet him on the last day before we were supposed to fly home and he had a heart attack in the hotel and, um, yeah. <laughs> we didn't know he had a heart attack, though. Mm. Um, it was a silent heart attack, which mm-hmm. who knew you could even have a silent heart attack? So um, what happened, I'll just give you the short story. From February to May, I was still able to run, but I went from accidental mental health advocate to accidental home health aid mm. because he had open heart surgery, um, he had triple blockage. And then when he came off, <clears throat> excuse me, when he came off the ventilator, he couldn't swallow. Mm-hmm. So till May, he was on a feeding tube. And that is no joke. Oh, Dealing man. with the feeding tube is I, I, I had no idea how crazy that was. Um, he's great now. Good. So lucky. 
But um, but my runs were no longer, you know, there weren't any races anyway. My running group, thankfully, um, was still active in the sense that we were still had uh, all our online presence. So mm-hmm. I still had Facebook friends, um, all of that, you know, groups and things. But I was so focused on him that the runs were just, all right, I've got 20 minutes while the um, physical therapist is here and I'll just go out and run while mm-hmm. she's with him. Um, or, okay, the nutritionist, the nutritionist is here. I've got half an hour. Mm-hmm. I'll go run while she, I mean, it was really just, just tucking in runs wherever I could. And, um, uh, and mostly not lots of walking and not running. Uh, then when he got off the feeding tube, it was also, that was in May. And then in June, our running group started up again, virtually and they created, they actually created it much earlier. They created this, um, everybody's seen this hashtag, running is not canceled. Mm-hmm. And our running group is, it's through our local fleet feet. It's marathoner and training here in Columbus, Ohio, where I am. And they were amazing. I mean, Jeff Henderson would post every morning, every, I'm sorry, every Monday morning, he would post an inspirational video about all of us, you know, even though we can't be together, mm-hmm. let's do this. And and that kept me going. I mean, it really did. And then in June, once I could run again, you know, once Ed could be alone and, and things were so much better um, with him physically, I um, they did challenges. So we'd have the, I don't, I can't remember, I'm remember but they would just have different challenges mm-hmm. where you take a photo, you know, selfie of yourself with a bridge or right. um, go to a park you've never been to or just simple, they were simple little things. And that they sound so silly, but to know that other people in my group were doing the same challenge, we'd all post pictures. I'd see their pictures. We'd get our little badge. It just kept me going. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing that was phenomenal, which, um, I'm going to send you a picture. I think that might be one of the pictures you use for this. They were able to organize an in-person socially distanced race, Mm. which after having been in the cardiac ICU with my husband, seeing people on ventilators in every other room, right. um, I wasn't going any place that wasn't safe. And we don't go hardly anywhere. But when Jeff Henderson from Fleet Feet says, we are going to make this race as safe as possible, they limited it. I think there were maybe 300 people, maybe 400 people. They rolled the start time out so that um, I think three people went out every five minutes. Mm-hmm. So they rolled the start out over hours. We had to wear masks until we were down on the trail. Uh, lots of dis- lots of ways that it was safe. So I ran that half marathon um, in, it was November, I think the 23rd or something like that. And to see those, to know all the time I was training for that race, all through the summer and into the fall, to know, I'm gonna get choked up, that that day, I would see the faces mm-hmm. of my running crew because when we show out, when our running group shows, if everybody showed up, there's between seven and 800 people wow. in our group. It's a huge crowd. Right. It, uh, pace groups, anything from, I don't know they have if they have sub seven or not, but seven to the walkers and every, you know, mm-hmm. 30 seconds in between. Right. Um, to know that I was going to see those people and to look forward to that, that's what kept me going. And we did that race, and it was phenomenal. It also hailed that day. <laughs> of we course, it did. We had gale force winds. <laughs> and it was insane. But yeah, that's what kept me going was to know that 
Um, I think even without that race, just having all the challenges, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah. And I'll just say one last thing about my incredible running group. The, my little pace group is probably, I don't know, there's probably 50, 45 or 50 people in the, in the actual pace group I run in, which is, it depends. It's between 13 and 15, depending on who you're talking mm-hmm. to and sometimes 12, you know, but it's that range. Um, and they showed up at our house after Ed got home from the hospital and we didn't let him in, of course, but right. they showed up in our front yard with race signs mm-hmm. that said like, heal Ed and, you know, things right. like that. It right. Just brought us to tears. Just, you know, so anyway, they're phenomenal. So the people is what kept me going. My, my crew kept me going. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, you know, I mean, what better picture of the, the, the running community, which I hope most of us have been able to experience in one form or another, um, you know, both in person and when it, when it's safe to do so, or in the, in the past and in the previous life, um, and certainly online with just, you know, supporting each other and caring about each other and, and trying to, to help each other out as, as we're able to, um, and, and, you know, I mean, so glad that uh, obviously that, that Ed's doing doing well now, and that you're able to do the do the race through, despite the hail and despite the wind and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> um, because you know, for as I'm sure you felt, and maybe we can we can touch on this at least briefly. Um, but it, even though it wasn't a normal quote unquote a normal race environment, it was it was pro- I'm sh- clearly unique for any race that you've ever done before. Um, I, I would imagine that there was still a little bit of a feeling of like ah yes, like this. These are my people. This is our thing. Like at least that, that's what I felt when I ran my my ultra. You know, at the beginning of December up, up towards Jacksonville. Like yes, there were precautions, and yes, there were things that were definitely different than any type of of fifty k or any type of race at all that I've ever run before. But there was just something like, oh, I'm where I'm supposed to be uh, around these these group people that for most part were strangers. Most part people I I didn't know. You had your running crew, so you knew a lot of them. Um, but but did did you have that that little bit of feeling as well? Oh, absolutely. Just driving mm. to the place where it started, which we ha- we have a, there's a hill, which, you know, the people that live in the mountains will laugh, but it's <laughs> same, same but as it's down here. When we it's talk a, about hills in a, Florida. Yeah. yeah, it's a hill. It's about, <laughs> it's a, it's a mile from the top to the bottom. And, uh, it's a pretty steep grade. I don't know what it is, but mm. we call it Mount front runner because there used to be a running store at the top front runner running store, mm. but we call it Mount front runner. And so they called it the Mount Front Runner Marathon. And just driving from my house to the start of the race, which is where so many Saturday mornings I would be in my gear, getting ready, you know, get, driving to meet meet uh, the running club. That just that alone, uh, it just some m- sense of normalcy, some sense of camaraderie. And before I even saw anybody and then seeing the faces, it actually not, you know, I want to say smile, but the eyes, the smiling eyes above the masks, uh, tears, everybody just tearing up at seeing each other. And, um, and of course, Jeff, we, Jeff is, Jeff Henderson is, um, a bit of a legend in the (laughs) running community here. He's six foot 11. So he's really hard to miss in the book. I call him the tall guy Mm -hmm. and, uh, man, catching sight of him and, you know, and uh, Dave Calvert and Andy, uh, Jeff's brother, and just that whole crew. Um, and then seeing people in my pace group, because of course, they, of course, even though we were spaced out, I uh, was in the parking lot for a few minutes mm-hmm. and could see the people walking up because they wouldn't, you couldn't go early and you couldn't stay late. So you had to kind of stay in your car for probably five or 10 minutes while you waited for your cue to be called. 
and uh, just all of that. It was phenomenal. So yeah, that's exactly the sense of these are my people. I have been in a number of what we'll call fellowships in my life. Um, I'm in one that I've been in for many, many years and will be in hopefully till the end of my days. And it rivals that. It's mm-hmm. that kind of thing where there is a connection beyond what you're doing. I mean, you're running. We're there to run. You would mm-hmm. think, okay, that's it. No, this is so much bigger. I'm not even sure how to describe it, but there's just something about that group. Um, and it's, I like you said, you were in a group where there were people you didn't know. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience, even not in the pandemic, when I would travel around the country doing these half marathons in other states. You show up and you're with the runners and you know you're with your people. We we talk a similar language. We it, it's we've had these similar experiences. It's a camaraderie, and I'm so grateful for it. I, I and especially during the pandemic. I mean that just brought that home to me that I'm so grateful because the thing I would hear from non runners and people that aren't in the other fellowship I'm in was about the loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I felt alone sometimes. I felt sad sometimes, lonely to not be with the people in person. But I never felt alone alone. Mm-hmm. I never felt you know, like I had been um, marooned on a desert island or something like a lot of people I, I know felt that because I always had the running community. Right. I always had them. So I'm just I'm so grateful. I just can't even... Um, well, I've tried to just put it in words. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I have more words. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's it's something that I'm. I mean, I've been nodding my head the whole time, going, "Yep, yep, I agree. I feel that I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm sure that that everybody listening has uh, has been doing the same thing because I mean, you know, it, obviously, 2020 was at least you know the the last two thirds of it. The, once the pandemic really got going, I guess the last three quarters of it uh, was a struggle and it was tough, and and nobody still nobody really knows exactly how it's going to play out and when it's going to be quote unquote over. Um, but at least we're all, you know, able to kind of lean on each other and, and, um, you know, be able to, to support each other. And like you said, speak the same language and, and share some of the same, uh, you know, questions or concerns or stories or whatever. Um, and just, and just have other folks to lean on is, is super helpful. Um, but switching switching gears slightly, but sticking stay with maybe the mental health health uh, side of things, and, and some some ways that uh, have certainly in the book you talked about uh, meditation a lot. And that kind of I felt like that kind of bled bled into some of the running and and uh, you know diff, different uh, ways that or at least in some of the stories you shared uh, how how meditation kind of helped you kind of maybe quiet your mind a little bit and and um, you know was was another tool in in the old tool belt when it comes to um, working through some of the struggles and some of the, the low points that you had. Um, I would be, be curious to, to hear kind of your, your perspective. I, I, I feel like I remember from the book as well that you've been meditating for a lot longer than you've been, been running. Um, how does, how does meditation factor into not just mental health a, a, in general? I mean, and of course we can start there, but you know, does your running become a part of your meditation practice as well and vice versa or kind of where does, where does meditation fit into again, the overall big picture, but also as far as your running goes? Absolutely. I'm very happy to talk about that topic. I um, have been meditating since the early 90s, so many, many years. And it's a kind of thing that is everywhere in my life. I'm always meditating in a sense, because once you start building up a practice, you realize that you can you can meditate doing anything. It's just about being present to where you are. So when I started running, I was already 
in a practice, in a habit of trying to keep my head where my feet are, so to speak, and bringing my mind back um, again and again, making it a practice. Now, sometimes you want to just zone out and that's completely fine. And so I would notice, oh, I just missed a mile or, oh, I just missed two miles, whatever. And that's fine. Um, and so it's all, but there's always that awareness or a question of, is my head where my feet are? Am I, am I where I am? I guess that's the way to say it. And the benefits for me have been calm, clarity, and concentration. That's the big, big three, the, the three C's of meditation so that I have better focus. I have a better ability to engage in my life and I calm down. And here's what's here's what's interesting. Recently, I'm I'm just kind of coming to this conclusion because I thought that, and I kind of talk about this in the book that you know, sort of it, like running fixed me in a way. And I I say in the book that it didn't. I mean, I still have my struggles, mm -hmm. but I had I needed three things. I needed a thing which for me is called writing practice that I do. It's also a meditative mm -hmm. skill set. Um, that is, I learned from a woman who's also a meditator, Natalie Goldberg. She's a, a Zen practitioner. And that helps my mind with clarity and calmness. I needed meditation, which is more of a um, kind of a spiritual practice, if you will. Uh, it's sort of a gut level thing. Mm -hmm. But then I also needed the movement to kind of pull everything together. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question totally, but the meditation is is the foundation of everything. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw the book Chi Running on the end cap at the library, mm -hmm. pulled it off and realized, oh, I can actually make running my meditation. It's not just that it is meditative, which it naturally is. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the movement that you know, the arm swing and the way your legs go back and forth, that kind of pendulum move, movement naturally puts you in a meditative state. Um, it, you know, changes your brain, brain wiring. Right. But you can also, if, you know, if I, because I have the meditative, ba meditative background, I know how to say to myself, all right, let's choose a focus today. Um, on the run, let's see, not that I'm going to count this, but how many how many shades of green can I notice? Mm. And then what'll happen is I'll go out and I, you know, I maybe, um, I, I don't usually do this if I'm trying to do speed work or right. anything like that. That's a whole different meditation because <laughs> you still need the focus. Mm -hmm. Um, but especially on a long run make, you know, that's a way to kind of make it interesting. Okay. There's green. And then also notice, Oh, I forgot about green. I just, mm. I just ran a mile, forgot about green. Okay. Back to green, no judgment, drop, you know, no judgment, complete equanimity. Um, so it, it's just a way to add a level, level of interest while also increasing calm, clarity, and concentration. And the thing that I've noticed, um, Dina Castor talks a little bit about this in her book, Let Your Mind Run. And I know a lot of the elite athletes talk about this too. You cannot zone out in a race if you're trying to PR. Mm -hmm. At least I haven't been able to, and I have, you know, you, you do PR even even at my slow pace. I do some, <laughs> some PRs. We have PRs because it's whatever your fastest. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But when you're really trying to hit a goal, when you're trying to hit a particular goal, um, 
if you zone out, chances are you'll slow down. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you had not that you have to be pushing all the time, because that's the that's kind of the opposite of what the meditation does. But there's that bringing yourself back to what the goal is always. Mm-hmm. And that's meditation. It's only all it is, is bringing the mind back to where you are. That's it. There's no magic to it. There's nothing mystical about it. There's nothing, um, you know, woo woo. Mm-hmm. It's just bringing your mind back to where you are. And so for me, that's been, I don't know, just a, 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 a big part of, of how I train because even, and I think everybody's actually doing it. They just don't call it meditation because right. that's just too weird. It's just training. But, you know, you choose. What's my run today going to be? Is it going to be an easy long run? Is it going to be, am I doing speed work? Are we doing fartlicks? Mm-hmm. I love that word. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, what are we doing? Are we doing hill repeats? Because um, you have to remember what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so you bring your mind back. Um, the other thing about the pandemic was the choice to be grateful and bring my mind back to, um, in, in the meditation that I do, we call it metta, love and kindness, uh, to bring my mind back to a sense of gratitude and loving kindness for my neighbors who were out walking or running with their children, mm. for my husband, for his good health, for his health care providers, for the first responders, for, you know, all the people um, that are out there, especially the people that are on the front lines. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, bring bring that into my heart as I'm running. That's another another way to do it. So there's all kinds of ways to do it. But yeah, it's it's always been a thing with me. And I touched on it in the book. But that's probably a place I'm going to go more with my writing is more about kind of the mental health benefits of, of um, practices, including running, but also meditation and writing practice. Well, that's that, that teased me up perfectly because I was going to ask kind of what's, what's next on the writing front. Cause I feel like, um, I think it was, Oh, now I'm going to blank on the name. So I, I sound like an idiot, but um, the, the, Oh gosh. Well, whatever. I'm going to sound like an idiot, but uh, I, I, the, the, I can see that. Uh, goodness gracious! Now I'm probably going to want to edit this out, but I'm probably not going to because we're going to we're going to stick with, stick through it. Stephen Pressfield. There we go. If I stumble around oh, long yeah, enough, I'm going to come yeah. up with the name. Um, the art I feel of like war. I, I, yeah, the, the art of war, and even some of the other books that 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 he's written. I, I I'm kind of a fan of his, like some of his his his, his kind of books on just kind of get you know getting to work, do, turning pro, things like that that, that he talks about. Um, but I feel like there was something in in I, I I don't feel like I know there was something in one of his books um, about you know like you finished a book you know great celebrate it today tomorrow back back to work because this is this is your your thing right you're like you're he's a writer he's talking to writers or whatever whatever your thing is you finish something great celebrate it tomorrow back to work start starting fresh because you're a professional at it so all that to say the, the stump again stumble my way into a question um, you know what what's what is next on the on the writing front like you, you wrote. Um, you know, depression hates a moving target. And, and where, where are you now on, on writing? What, what projects are you working on? Where, where are you going, uh, on, on that side of your life? Well, I actually have a second book, which I'm not sure that you know about. It's a writing journal called you should be writing a journal of inspiration and instruction to keep your pen moving, which I wrote with, I kind of co-created with my editor, Brenda Knight. And it's a, book of quotations from various writers. The left-hand pages are 
inspirational quotes, and then the right-hand pages are more instructional quotes, then the pages themselves are blank. The mm-hmm. quotes are at the top of the page. And they're organized by sections uh, into chapters by themes. So there's things like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, there's you know the craft of writing, waxing poetic, so where we learn from the poets, drawing influence from other works of art. Uh, my favorite chapter, there's two actually favorite chapters, writing as medicine, where we talk about how writing heals the writer. And then the role of responsibility of the writer is um, as you heal yourself, how do you take that out into the world? So that's actually my second book. So I was, I, that was released in June mm. of 2020 during mm. the pandemic. So no book tour, no um, big, glorious, grand, anything, but it's still do, it's still selling well. Awesome. It's a very simple book. I, I don't actually know what the next book will be. I'm, I have two ideas that I'm kind of bouncing around with my editor. One is a book of daily meditations that I've been working on for many, many years, just very gradually cr- uh, crafting them one at a time. And it's it would be that the working title is A Daily Dose of Now. So it's it would be just a little shot in the arm of is your head where your feet are kind of thing. Right. Um, one of those 365 page daily things. I have a Facebook group where I'm kind of teasing those out. And then we also do, we have daily practices where I have the uh, writing practice, movement practice, and then mindfulness practice. So um, if anybody wants to join my Facebook group, Mind, Mood, and Movement, it'll be in the show notes probably. It's yes. in the link tree. Yes. Um, and then I also have a, a free ebook that's available for download called Three Ways to Heal Your Mind. Same thing, writing, practice, meditation, and movement. And... So that's kind of my my focus. It's it's interesting because I'm doing a lot of training myself. You know, that was what 2020 made uh, made available was so much online content that I didn't have to travel to you know, travel to these right. conferences to learn. So I've been taking a lot of um, a lot of courses, trying to figure out okay, who am I as a writer? Because I've written a ton of things. I've been writing for many many years, and the book that broke through is this running and mental health memoir. So um, the other possible book would be, I don't want to call it a sequel because that seems idiotic to write a sequel to a memoir, but a more um, informative book, less memoirish, that sort of talks about, okay, you ran a marathon, now what? Mm. It's kind of like what you said, what, what Pressfield talks about, where you, you, did, you had this great thing, this peak moment. I do write that about that in Depression It's a Moving Target, how you have these peak moments. They're amazing. You've built up for them. They're fantastic. And then the next day, you do the laundry. Right. You know? Um, so maybe maybe a, te- a working title would be After the Marathon, The Laundry. I don't know. <laughs> you know but something like that. Um, so uh, because, because there's naturally a lull, there's naturally that cycle. And as somebody with mental health issues... I really have to watch that. And I've learned skills to help me navigate that territory. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would like to share those with other people. So that's, you know, we don't totally know yet. I know the thing with publishing right now is a lot of pub dates have gotten pushed back because of the pandemic. Right. They couldn't, I mean, there were printing issues, there were distribution issues, there were issues getting paper. Mm. I mean, there was all kinds of, of issues. And so they're not 
I have a great relationship with my with my publisher, Mango Publishing, and my editor, Brenda Knight. She's phenomenal. Uh, so I'm pretty confident that there'll be another book. It's just a question of which one and when. Right. Yeah. Um, trying to put it because you know you don't want to launch when nobody's watching. Right. You got to do this at the right time. So. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's one of my favorite questions, really. What's next? What's next? Um, but yeah, so. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I knew that there was going to be things that you were working on. It was just a matter of, uh, you know, kind of which, you know, curious about which direction you're going and, and, and yeah, lots of things, you know, the, the continued fallout from, from the pandemic and, and all of the, the adjustments that, that COVID has brought upon us is I would have never thought about book publishing. Like I could get the, the publicity things might be slowed down, but like, paper to, to print books on would have never would have never thought that would have been a thing but you know it's it's all all areas of life have been impacted no doubt yeah everything's on kind of a slowdown. Mm-hmm. it's that it's that joke about you know turning the planet off and turning it back on again <laughs> right <laughs> not We're, that we wanted to at all but uh that's kind of what happened so we'll see we'll yeah see. we'll see we'll see well i'd be i'd be remiss if i don't didn't ask at least uh one question about um the, the, the dog part of your life. So, you know, the, in the book, the, the, the co-pilot, or at least the, the co-conspirator a lot at the, at the beginning to help you get going, to help you get out, out the door and going, uh, was, was the dog Morgan. Um, which I believe when we talked last time, Morgan wasn't even in the book, I think Morgan is, is, you know, I mean, dogs, dogs have a, have a shorter lifespan, sad, sad as, as it is true. We all know that. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, it's on your website, dog mom, you always pictures of dogs and, and always talking about dogs on social media as well. Um, what, what role is, is being a dog mom, you know, have on, on your mental health as well? Cause I, I know for me being a dog dad, oh yeah, that's, that's a big part of, of my mental health right there is having that, that dog, you know, lick your face and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, when you're feeling down, curl up in your lap, whatever the case might be, but, uh, how important are, is, is, uh, having dogs in your life? It's one of the main things. It's so important. Um, the dog we have now, Scarlett, She's so bad that she has her own <laughs> hashtag. If you just go on any social media channel, you can even Google it. Hashtag, it's all spelled out, no dashes, no numbers, 99% good dog. Mm. And, um, and she is a terror. And, and I know that that's partly parental, the bad <laughs> parenting. I totally own that. Um, but she's sneaky. Mm-hmm. She just is, you know, how... Different people have different personalities. Well, so so do dogs. Mm-hmm. Morgan, I think it was partly because he was one by the time we got him and very well trained. You could leave a plate of food on the coffee table with him laying on the floor, leave the room, come back. He'd still be on the floor. Mm-hmm. If you even turn your back on that <laughs> plate of food and it's scarlet, you turn back around, it's, it's gone. gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she will have like carried off the plate too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she just is. She just is. Um, we we we. Um, anyway, but yeah, we. She was four months old when we got her. Mm. I think she had been crated the entire four months, oh, no. so she had no none of the socialization that mm. I'm sure Morgan had. None of the um, training. I mean, she just was just wild, like a wild animal, and um, and she's so cute. She is. <laughs> That's the just, problem. The, the worst dogs are oh, always the cutest ones too. Oh, she's just adorable. She gets this little gleam in her eye, but she's such a good runner. You know, I did it slow. I, mm-hmm. I followed the veterinary advice to make sure that her growth plates had, right. had closed before we started running. And we did long, long walks and some lots of romping and, uh, short runs. And now, I mean, she'll go, I think six miles is probably the furthest she's gone at this point, but she loves it. Oh, she gets, 
so excited. You know, I put my, all I have to do is put my garment on and man, she's all over. She's like, mom, we go, we go, we go. <laughs> you can just see her. But, uh, but yeah, the unconditional love. I mean, that's the thing. It's a, it's a combination of knowing that she is so much better behaved when she gets exercise that helps me get out the door. Um, but also just the, you know, that camaraderie that I'm not totally running alone. I've got her trotting along beside me. And then, um, I, I mentioned to you that I had a, uh, not an abnormal reaction, but I had, uh, I got some vaccines. I had a flu shot and a shingles vaccine and I was in bed. Um, I tend to get really strong reactions to things anyway. So I had blocked off the day Mm -hmm. to be in bed because I was, that was what happened the first, when I got the first shingles vaccine, unlike my husband who was completely fine with (laughs) any vaccine. I mean, he's, he's like, he has a heart attack and he's fine. And you know, I'm dying. You need a vaccine and you're stuck in bed for a day too. (laughs) That's just the way we are. That's the way he is. Uh, And, um, but, um, uh, but yeah, but she was by my side, you know, she just was like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with mommy? What's wrong with mommy? So yeah, it's a, it's just a, it's a, there, there's a hole in my heart whenever I don't have a dog. There's a, it doesn't, we, we're not without dogs in this house very long at all. The last time, um, I think it was less than 48 hours, wow. maybe 72 hours between, um, uh, you know, one dog and the next, that's just kind of the way we are. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think, I think we're about the same in that. Um, I, I don't know. We haven't been down the road too many times just yet, but uh, you know, we with our first dog, like it was my my wife's first time she had a, a dog, and like I had dogs all the time growing up as a kid. So like I you know been there, done that when it comes to end of the life cycle type of situation. But I was I remember having a thought when when our first dog was I don't know six or seven years old. He's a, an American bulldog, so you're talking you know ten twelve years something like that yeah. is probably the, the typical lifespan. And I was like, man, we need to get another dog soon. Because if we don't and he goes, I could see her being like, I can't do that again. And, and me going, I can't not have another dog. And that could be a huge issue, right? So like we got, we got our, our second dog uh, right about that same time when, when Tank was like six. And then, you know, he ended up, you know, I made another for like five years or so. And, and having that other dog already in place, like, you know, right transition. And now we're kind of at that point now where, where uh, uh, our, our dog Bailey is, is like eight and a half, nine. Uh, but she's a, a German short hair. It's a little bit longer lifespan, but still, you know, you're kind of starting to see some signs. She's slowing down a little bit on the runs, things like that. And it's like, hmm, might be time to to get another one so we don't have that gap between because, yeah, I don't know, 48 hours, 72 hours, something like that. And it's we're going to need another dog. So, yeah, uh, it's uh, like you know. a, I need my fix. I need <laughs> <Right>. my fix. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, I could, I, we, could, we could tell dog stories all day, but I, oh. I, think, I think people might... Uh, might, might be clicking off if we, if we go to at least the, the cat people, the dog people will stick around, <laughs> but the cat people, they'll, they'll disappear. Um, and, uh, anyway, got to, got to wrap this up eventually, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw a, a philosophical question at you, Nita, as, as per usual. And I'm going to kind of turn it, it basically the, the, the question that I asked last time, I don't know if you remember it or not, but I remember, cause like I said, I listened to it was what is running taught you about yourself? But I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball off of that and ask, you know, in, in your years of, of running and, and what all that's done for you, what is, what is running maybe taught you about, uh, your, your fellow human beings, the, the people that are in your running, running, you know, your, your local running group, your online running friends, running community. Um, what, what is running taught you about the, the other folks that we inhabit the world with that, that who knows, you know, maybe you never would have learned these, these things or, or had this appreciation had you never, you know, stumbled upon your, your friend's Facebook post that one day and, and decided to get out there and, and start in the ravine with the kitchen timer and, and Morgan and all that good stuff. People are good at heart. Mm-hmm. At their hearts, at their core, people are good. They want to be helpful. They are competitive, yes. Um, vicious competitive sometimes. <laughs> but they are good. They want the best. 
that that's what that's taught me. And I was very isolated before I started running. I, like I said, I had another fellowship I was in. I spent time with those people, but I really had, I don't know, protected myself from the world a bit just because I had so many mental health issues and I would have panic attacks and anxiety. And I, it, I, it just was tough for me to navigate things that are easy for most people or most people will step up to and you know don't have a huge problem. And spending time with the runners just taught me these are good people. Mm. I mean, they really are. And of course, there's occasional people that are jerks or, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't want to spend time with that person. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, these are really good people. I, I, I don't, I would love somebody to do some, you know, long-term cross-sections study about the other demographics of runners or something that, that um, makes them such a lovely population, because I don't know what that is. Uh, but I just, for the most part, I learned that, that these people are lovely. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, no disagreement from me and, and, uh, appreciate you sharing that and, and everybody hopefully feeling that little, little warm fuzzies because we're all talking about each other when we talk about that. So, uh, thank you for sharing that Nita. And, and once again, guys, um, NitaSweeney.com is the website. That's the home base for all the things. And of course, like I said, the link tree has a lot of links to everything as well. L I N K T R dot E E slash Nita Sweeney at Nita Sweeney on all things, social media. Uh, episode 741 was the first one. So disruns.com slash 741. If you want a little more deep dive into her running history and, and the, the book and all that good stuff. Uh, and if you want anything from today, disruns.com slash 912. So uh, Nita, thank you for uh, for taking the time to come back and join us today. I, I certainly appreciated it and uh, uh, appreciate the time and, and the friendship. I know we've, we've gone back and forth several times over the, the last year and a half on social media and it's, it's been a pleasure to get to know you more and uh, looking forward to continuing to continuing the banter, continuing the back and forth uh, in the future as well. But uh, again, thanks for the time today and uh, certainly wish you again, nothing but the best going forward. Thank you so much, Denny. My best to you as well and to everybody listening. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation today between Nita and myself. And uh, as per usual, would be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from our little chat that you just listened to. Um, for me, it, it kind of boils down to something that, um, uh, you know, has been talked about before and, and kind of um, was part of the, the whole conversation today, as opposed to, I, I don't think it was necessarily a, a one-time mention type of thing, but that, you know, when it comes to, to all of our mental health, whether it's something that, you know, speaking for myself, like, you know, thankfully, maybe I, I don't have some of the, the highs and lows that Nita has talked about and other folks have talked about at various points in the past. But, you know, we all have, we all have some struggles, right? We all have some, some times where we're in a little funk. Uh, we all have issues that we deal with. And, again, I mean, there's various levels of extremes, obviously. But where my takeaway is today is that, as such, we all need to have multiple tools to, to kind of help when it comes to, to taking care of our mental health. So for a lot of us, I think for a lot of us as runners, running is, is one of those tools, but it should only be one of those tools as opposed to the only tool, right? Because not all the time is running the, the best thing. You know, sometimes it's talking to somebody. So maybe having a therapist, sometimes it's meditating, which obviously is, is something that need is a, a proponent of as well. Um, maybe it's having a dog. And, and for me, you know, the dog is part of my mental health uh, repertoire because I talk to the dog and then I talk back to myself as the dog, um, 
which I don't know, maybe that maybe that says that there is a little something else going on underneath the surface than what I'm uh, what I'm aware of. But anyway, you know, having having the dog in my life, having dogs in my life all through my life, I think that's a, another tool, another another uh, thing that that helps me to you know just feel better mentally, and, and and I could go on and on, right? But but just like running isn't hopefully isn't the only tool that is at our disposal, not at our disposable, that is at our disposal in terms of improving our overall physical health. You know, we have, we have running certainly, but we have, you know, we have sleep, we have the, the foods that we eat, uh, being well hydrated, strength training, yoga, cross training. Like we have all these other things that hopefully we do at least some of them to, to improve our physical health. When it comes to our mental health, uh, I think it's just as important to remember that, that running can be part of that. Running can be one of the tools, but probably not, probably shouldn't be the only tool. Um, so anyway, that's, that's my thought on it. Uh, I'm certainly nobody's expert when it comes to mental health, but that was just kind of something that I feel like between Nita's book, the conversation today, uh, was just kind of something that, that I feel like it was important for me to, to recognize that again for myself, like again, whether it's running, whether it's, it's the dog, whether it's meditating, whether it's a whole host of other things that kind of go into helping me, you know, improve my mental health and, and, you know, just, just be a halfway decent person on the days when maybe I'm not, not predisposed to be a decent person that day. Uh, it's one of the tools and, and yeah, and yeah. So that's, that is that, that is my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Was it something specific, something more general? No rights, no wrongs as per usual, but I'm always curious what it might be. So if you're willing to share, let me know. I'm at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can also send an email to DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at DizRuns.com slash 912. DizRuns.com slash 912. We got photos, we got links, we got the whole nine. And of course, we got that comment section down at the bottom. Feel free to start a conversation there and I'll, I'll, I'll continue it with you. And who knows, maybe somebody else will jump in at some point along the way as well. So as we're uh, wrapping up, just uh, another reminder, another, another plant, another seed, just in case you ever need it, disruns.com slash consultation. We'll jump on the phone 20, 30 minutes, whatever it takes to kind of get you a little bit of clarity, get you a little bit of, of, oh yeah, all right, let me try this, let me try that, um, and hopefully help you over whatever obstacle, struggle, issue that you're dealing with at the moment. Um, relatively painless, hopefully relatively painless. At least the call should be relatively painless. After that, you might have to do some things uh, that, that I don't know. I, it obviously depends on the situation. Hopefully not too painful, but maybe a little uncomfortable. Maybe put you out of your comfort zone once in a while, um, or hopefully get you through the, the rough patch back to smooth sailing when it comes to whatever running issues you're dealing with. But anyway, disruns.com slash consultation. And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and officially wrap this one up for today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you appreciate it. Hope you, I let me, let me start that one over again thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly appreciate your time and attention. And uh, until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening and all you do to support what we've got going on over here, the the building of the empire. Slowly but surely, we're getting somewhere. I appreciate all all that you do to help me with all that I'm trying to do. Uh, And uh, until next time, y'all, take care. See you guys.